0: Individuals with extraordinary abilities may already be among us.
1: McTaggart, you really think that some crackpot scientist is gonna make me believe in sparkly dames and vanishing men?
2: I didn't really expect you to believe me. One of the many spectacular things my mutation allows me to do is that I can read your mind. Are you going to ask us to think of a number between 1 and 10 now? <laughs> no, Agent Striker, although I could
1: ask you about the Jupiter missiles America are currently placing in Turkey. You brought a
3: damn spy to this. You know
1: As that for a magic trick? Best I've ever seen. Do you expect me to talk?
0: And welcome to episode 215 of Do You Expect Us to Talk? I'm Becca, and as always, joined by my fellow co hosts Chris and Dave. How are you both?
1: Good evening, folks.
2: Feeling
0: excellent. Thank you. i we feeling classy? Yes,
2: yeah, so you could say say it's uh, I'm in a. I mean, I'm feeling first place. There you are.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Any puns you can offer there, Dave?
1: I don't know. Someone about me coming first, probably. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> Men come first.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Women? <laughs> oh well. Wow. Um Yes. I um I feel a little bit happier about what we've covered this week than the last two. Let's put this is one of the
0: high points in the series.
1: Yeah. It's um in fact I I don't know till we get to Logan, but certainly it's in first place at the moment. Um I need to give Logan another watch because I've only actually seen Logan once I think. And had Positive yet mixed feelings about it at the same time, but we will come to those in a few weeks. But I, I genuinely can see why people like that film, but really didn't have the same sort of emotional reaction to it as some. So I'll be interested to see how I get on with that on a rewatch with no expectations. My feeling ever since Logan and and through the last two or three they've done as well that and, and in fact right the way back to 2011 is this was probably my favourite X Men film and I see no reason to go against that yet. I'll, I'll come on uh, onto first thoughts in a bit. In terms of... Um, well, actually, best introduce it first, Becca. Who's in it?
0: So, yes, we are reviewing X-Men First Class, starring James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, January Jones, Kevin Bacon, Nicholas Holt, Jennifer Lawrence, Rose Byrne, Zoe Kravitz, Jason Fleming, and Ludger Pistol from Casino Royale, with original music by Henry Jackman. Who,
1: who, who from Casino Royale?
0: Luca Pistor, I can't pronounce his name. Basically, the um, the Swiss banker.
1: Oh yeah, okay. What, he
0: goes, "Hello."
1: What the, the, <laughs> the one who could have been pl- is- the the one that could have been played by David Walliams?
2: <laughs> Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. It, it's, it's, it's just a shame he didn't bring any chocolates with him. That's all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or um or the pin code for millions and millions of stacks of cash. Um. Yes, it was original score by Henry Jackman, scripts by Ashley Miller, Zach Stentz, Jay Goldman, aka Mrs. Jonathan Ross, and Matthew Vaughan, directed by Matthew Vaughan and released 2011.
1: Yeah, I saw this in Canada. I was I was just literally on a way on holiday and still managed to go to the cinema about three times while I was there. Um, I'm trying to think what, one of the, what the other films I saw were now. I can't really... It will come back to me, but I can't remember now. Um... So, yeah, I I watched this uh, near Toronto. And I wasn't expecting too much from it, because it had been... I mean, not counting X-Men Origins, it was the first sort of full X-Men film in in about five years. Not much good regard for the third one. And Matthew Vaughn at this point, really... I don't think I'd even seen Layer Cake at this point. It took me a long time to see Layer Cake. So... Looking back at his career, I'd I'd seen Kick Ass and that was it, and Kick Ass is a film I don't like as much as most people do. Um I, I always thought Kickass was okay. It was talked about like it was this groundbreaking comedy and you know, really hilariously deconstructing superhero yeah. films, and I thought it was just fine. And Kick Ass 2, I thought was fucking unbearable. So I mean it wasn't it, it wasn't until this and then the first of the Kingsman films that I actually thought this guy had anything to offer. With the caveat, I didn't see Layer Cake until, you know, the last year or two. So I had very little, um, I mean, even on the writing team, I saw Jane Goldman was involved. I knew Jane Goldman was Jonathan Ross's wife because he refers to her quite a lot. And I know she'd written Kick-Ass, and Kick-Ass was fairly sharp, but again... I think the problem with Kick-Ass is Nick Cage is the big ba- is the big sort of not bad, but he's he's the guy in the first one, and I don't really like Nick Cage. And in the second one, it's fucking what's he Jim called? Carey. Jim Carrey. Jim no, Carrey. I don't yeah. like him either. Um, I wanted to like it more than I did because I like the idea, and not only that, it pissed the Daily Mail off, which always makes me laugh. The Daily Mail. <laughs> That's com- always
2: good value. Well,
1: they were complaining about the sexualization of um, uh, what she calls character.
2: Yeah. Um, oh. Which
1: is just horseshit. There is nothing sexualized about it whatsoever. Um, they're, they're not trying to make that a sexual character in any way. And I just thought that there they are, just trying to whip up fucking conservative outrage again. So I, but so I went in really wanted to like it, and I didn't. I just thought it was okay. And if you, I, no doubt, if you gave me on, on like a stick, a download, or a, or a USB, or a disc, or something at the moment kick-ass, I wouldn't watch it. I, I've got no interest in reviewing it. Um, and so that's all I knew of sort of uh, Jane Goldman, although I knew she'd, you know, appeared on a few things and written for a few things. Uh, she
2: did um, Stardust as well. That was, but again, uh, Yeah, I've, that was a really good film. But
1: then I've not seen Stardust. I still haven't seen Stardust.
0: Right.
2: You so, can see it and read the book as well.
1: Um, and I highly recommend you, it. And then you've got um, the, the screenwriter, was uh, Ashley Miller, was known for Agent Cody Banks, which I've never seen. Thor, yeah. which I didn't think was very good and, and probably wouldn't have been long out until I saw this. And then there's a load of, like, TV. Zack Stentz, much the same thing. They obviously come as a pair. The only thing half-decent they've written for, apart from this, is um, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, which I thought was quite promising until the... Um, until the writer strike actually sort of c- killed that series in much the same way it did heroes or at least it destroyed the quality um, and yeah he's gone on to sort of stay a bit of a producer of that i mean the the, the score's very good um, uh, 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 that stuck out to me today so henry jackman we know has quite a, a track record for decent scores and again i think i'm right in saying i knew his name back when this came out but i can't think what for specifically Um, and he's gone on to do uh, consistently good work ever since, the cinematographer. Again, nothing really stood out with the exception, and it's a big exception, of Gladiator, really. So, yeah, I went in with relatively low expectations. I think I was also um, a little bit stung, philosophically, really, I suppose, by the Star Wars prequels. I was always open to the idea of a prequel, And then I went through three Star Wars prequels, which, even if they'd been well written, had no fucking tension whatsoever, because we just know it's going to end up with some guy in a suit who's evil. You know? So. um, Plot twist. So, I think broadly speaking, what I'm saying is Matthew Vaughan is a name I just associated with Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie's not a director I have a great of, Lot of time for I certainly don't have a lot of time for all this fucking Cockney hard boy bollocks and, and that, that stuff has always <laughs> pissed me off You know um, So I, I really don't like any of that Plus you know he's been known to cast Vinny Jones which is just a no no I mean, Lockstock, oh, everyone raved about Lockstock and whilst I found Snatch quite funny I really didn't like Lockstock I just thought it was terrible for It was
0: in one of the previous X-Men movies, wasn't he?
1: Um, yeah, so, I'm juggernaut, bitch. so yeah, What I'm saying is the, the director had less pedigree for me now uh, then than he does now so I went into this with very low expectations What about you guys? Uh, Backer, do you want to go
0: first? You can go first this time
2: Okay, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of similar to with um, with Dave, relatively in terms of like, the series, because I think this was kind of like a a pleasant surprise. Um, I mean, I I I, I liked Matthew Vaughn. I saw their cake at the cinema, um, and I enjoyed that. And came out with Stardust, which was something that was the same run. It's not something I would normally go to, like you know, go to watch or something. So I, I did. I, you know for whatever reason I went saw it and I, was, I I walked away actually really really enjoyed that as well so I was quite pleasantly surprised by um, um, afterwards I was quite interested by what 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 he, what he came out with uh, was it was so Kickass was before this was it yeah of, Kick-Ass was 2010 yeah so
1: and yeah, and, so and like I say I think to just to quickly clarify I didn't dislike Kick Kick that film but it is no, talked about. I mean, like, like it was genre I, defining, and I, I, I heard podcast where I respect that podcast to this day. And someone said, "Oh, I've, I've got a new favorite movie," and I'm thinking, I, I just saw nothing in it what, to grab that sort of reaction. Which,
2: which podcast was that?
1: That was a Slash Filmcaster, though the, the the presenter who said that left that show about eight years ago, so it's none of the current team. Fair enough. Um,
2: um, yeah. So I mean, I mean, what I mean, I, I do, I do like hickass So I'm not actually seen it for a good while. Um, so it, it it it's probably something i probably will be watching a bit um, in the near future. How, um, however, I I kind of see and probably agree with you that um, you know that the hype machine does just overhype things too much. And you know it's like you know it's like everyone's like everyone's favorite thing. You know, um, you know I mean it it it's it, 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 it it's it's flavor of the week and whether it's actually yeah, whether it's actually worthy of it or not, it's kind of like. I would you know, liken it, it, it to Deadpool. Just...
1: I would liken it yes. to the reaction to Deadpool. But what I would say is, whilst I don't rate Deadpool as high as some high as some people, I would say the first Deadpool is unquestionably a, be- a better film than Kick Ass. I, I think the first Deadpool gave me one absolutely brilliant first watch. I, I didn't like it on second watch very much, and I didn't really like the sequel. I really only had like one Deadpool film in me. But Deadpool at least gave me one great viewing. Kickass was always like, "What's the fucking fuss about?" It's all right. Oh, what a ten-year-old's fucking swearing! Is that what you're getting excited yeah.
2: about? Yeah. Yeah, I mean.
1: And also, Super had come out before it.
2: Well, which yeah. is the
1: same fucking concept, and yet they're all wanking off about what an amazing idea. So it was done four <laughs> years ago.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that, that 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 was kind of like some of the hipsters were saying that. Well, you know. Yeah. they loved it. I, yeah. I, I never really got on with Superbad. Some, 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 something about Superbad just like, felt a bit too, I don't know, it was just a bit too much and not and a bit uneven. a bit. I don't know, it just felt a bit like...
1: It had two funny jokes in it. One was McLovin, which was like undoubtedly funny. And the <laughs> second one is a bit grim, but it was funny when he got period blood on his legs. And apart from that, the film is not fucking funny. uh, Sorry,
2: it's 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 that super bad, isn't it? You said super bad.
1: I thought you were just talking. Well, I thought you were talking about the genre in general. No, what's
2: um what's that film? What was that
1: film again? Was it Super? Super, yeah, with Ray Wilson.
2: Yes. Yeah, sorry, that, that's what I meant, sorry. That was a different film altogether. Uh, and and yeah. a purpose
1: of nothing I agreed by saying period blood on a bloke in a different film was funny. Yeah,
2: Dave was wondering, like, why the hell is he talking about super? I went with it uh,
1: though, I thought he's what? got a point, I'll go along with it.
2: <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong, yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah, no, I couldn't really get on with, uh, with Super uh, as much as uh, Kick-Ass, though. Oh, yeah, it's uh, not... So there was no,
1: that. no, no. It's not even about whether it's any good. It's about the fact that I think, like... Yeah, yeah. Th- This isn't Matthew Vaughn, by the way. Matthew Vaughn didn't claim he'd fucking redefined cinema or anything. It's just some of the critical reaction to it. seemed to forget that it wasn't a new thing, much like Birdman and the Foe One take. It's like, yeah, we have seen this done, you know.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, th- that's... I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like, um, you know, cr- like sort of critics and the, you know, the cinema lovies have their favourites. You know, and so it's like flavor of the week and as much as they like to big up something, they also like to take something down. And I'm thinking notably uh, Warcraft, which just got like completely unfairly attacked. I
1: think, I thought, I think they looked at the first few screenshots know. of it and decided it was dead on arrival.
2: Yeah, it, it was just amazing to me how like that was like the general consensus straight out of the gate, and I was like, what the hell are you talking? You know, like it just was seems to be extremely odd because it was nowhere near. It, it, yeah, and you can kind of tell because when they all start saying the same thing, and you think, right, there's not really much of a very different opinion here. It's not really new. Well, this this is why
1: like, I never read a review until I've seen a fucking film because yeah. you do. I do. I don't know how much. Proper critics, because I'm not a proper critic, I do it as a ho- hobby, but uh, I don't know how much people, proper critics, talk to each other at like screenings or WhatsApp mm. or groups or whatever, but you do see a lot of buzz phrases coming out very similar, and I mean, we've all done it, You will do it by coincidence now and again, you'll, you'll notice a, a similarity to a film or something about a theme in a film will make you think of something, and then funnily enough you will read that in a review but i know that i know unconscious plagiarism is so easy to do particularly if you read a review that does absolutely mirror what you thought
2: you you will end up if oh, you're not careful just pinching stuff from it you do you, know, you know what it just reminded me of mm. I and mean, it kind of pissed me off and it's nothing to do with the film itself mm. uh but sean the dead when that film came out i mean obviously everyone was jizzing over it and rightly so. it's a good film oh, it was brilliant you know but again yeah. that but, but that's that, but that that's that like you say was another thing but that that term, like rom-com, I thought that's god awful. That's terrible, wasn't and, it? It was and, cringeworthy. And, and, and i and I was like, am I? And it really sort of lead into the fact that, like, you know, it's a comedy, you know, and and uh, and it's got zombies in, but it's also like r- r- romantic. It's like a romantic comedy. It's like, it's not really though, is it? You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not really like a romantic comedy, in mm. any, any. And it just it just felt way too gimmicky. Um,
1: I but anyway. I, I, I frankly because we all get it wrong and sometimes you write things in a hurry or whatever as well if I'd written that and it had gone live I'd be cringing the next day reading it back (laughs) I I wouldn't rule out writing something that fucking bad
0: they probably look at it now and think but I would look back
1: at it the next day and go
2: oh my god (laughs) because it is terrible (laughs) Yeah, but when you just flying off the seat of your pants just for, like, you know, just get wheels yeah, moving. You can, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm sure I've written things factually inaccurate, a bit cheesy, wrong. I probably repeat certain phrases as well. But if I'd written that, I'd be really embarrassed the next day because i just think, like, you're either funny or you're not. If you're straining and trying to be funny, then you're not. <laughs> it's as simple as yeah. that. It either comes to you or it
2: doesn't, and that's that's somebody trying too hard. But, yeah, but that was a term that constantly get thrown about. And also, not not just, like... It, it was everywhere, and, and everyone was saying it. It's like, oh, God's sake. Mm. Anyway, uh, anyway, well, that's, that's not for that. Um, Matthew Vaughan. Yeah, uh, so I quite enjoyed uh, Kick-Ass, uh, kick even though I, I kind of see Dave's point about it, the the sciation So, it was kind of, I was like, I was kind of um, looking forward to it, but also with my, with, with my, you yeah, know, again, with my uh, expectations kind of lowered, just because of like, you know, x-men just it felt like a dumb thing go going back doing a prequel wasn't isn't usually the typical thing you usually, usually expect this thing to be like oh they tried a prequel didn't quite work out but you know it it, it might be worth something um particularly when like it was all it, it was all done in the rush as well it was all like 11 like, months yeah yeah
1: i think what um, i was going to ask just as a point of discussion is can we think of any truly great prequels now Technically, Temple of... Well, I don't love Temple of Doom, but Temple of Doom is technically a prequel, but that just seems to be to get around the fact that Marion's the one he's meant to be with and all the rest of it. The fa- And it's a year earlier. It's in the same era, so I'm not counting that. I'm talking about where you take an established property, known chari- characters, and do like younger versions of them. Has that ever really worked?
0: Star Trek... <laughs> Star Wars movies.
1: <laughs> no, it didn't work in Star Wars at all. The no, prequels were god-awful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly,
1: and even um, and even technically, the reboot of Star Trek Star Trek wasn't a prequel because it went into no. a fresh timeline. This sort of does a couple of entries on from now, but this is a, at this point meant to be Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen the early years.
2: Hmm. what would, would you say this is almost like an alternate one itself, though, because there were certain things I thought, you know. I'm not quite sure that quite fits in, you know, like you know, particularly with like Mystique being Charles's being ch-
1: old mate when, when they had absolutely nothing, even implicit, explicit, implicit between them in the first. Yeah,
2: trilogy. that does sound. Yeah, yeah, it was a little bit like. Mm. And, and, and 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 given how given how Mystique is, like she is like a stone cold bitch essentially. You know, well, she's not like, only <laughs> that, ruthless, I mean, she, she
1: she um sabotaged um. What's it called? Cerebro in the second yeah. film and nearly killed him.
0: Exactly.
1: So yeah, just
0: no, have a bit of a leap
1: of faith. No, right. They've shat on their timeline all along, but in the strictest possible sense, this is this is a pure prequel. It's Days of Future yeah. pla- Past that will start playing with that. Um, so you saw it at the time, Chris?
2: Yeah, and I walked away, pleasantly, really sort of generally pleasantly surprised. I mean, I, I, I had a few gripes, which I will. I will restate in the uh, in the initial review, um, but but part of that I walked away kind of, yeah, I I I I sol- I solidly enjoyed it. It was um it was it, you know it was quite it took, yeah it took me by surprise. I was like yeah that that's pretty good. I think I I think I, I, when I walked away I tweeted uh, X Men First Class is aptly named. I think that's that's probably <laughs> because my the X Men
1: are in it, <laughs>
2: yes. and it is first class. The quality is first class. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, I, I'd be hard pressed to argue this isn't one of the better X Men films. Yeah. I just think it depends who you are, how many you think are in that good group. Um, and your favourite might vary. I, I can't really argue with it, someone who it, says. It's
2: my favourite as well.
1: It's my favourite, but I can't. A, a I have to re watch Logan, but I remember some of the t- debate we've had about Kick Ass is how I felt about Logan. I thought it was a vastly overpraised film. But. I thought it was a very good film at the same time. It's just... Mm. It's talked about like it's a dark night. And for me, it's absolutely nowhere near. But it was a brave and very, very good film. It had some very good bits to it. I think if someone said they prefer that or prefer X2, I wouldn't have an argument. Because the three of them are tonally so difficult, different to each other that you could just be coming down to preference at that point. Mm. I think on quality, those three films are the elite three. I've heard people argue Days of Future Past. Well... I need to rewatch it yet, and I'll, I'll, I'll engage that argument in a couple of weeks' time if I view it the same way I viewed it last time. I do enjoy Days of Future Past, but I enjoy it in the same way that I enjoy like the first X Men film. I think there's stuff wrong with it, but I like it. But I don't think it's I don't think it's as well written a, as this is. And um, Becca, did you see it at the time? I what? did.
0: Yeah, I saw it upon release. Can um, I ask a
1: sub question? Because you're the big X-Men fan of the three of us. What was your feelings towards the franchise around this point after a couple of poor entries?
0: Um, yeah, my hopes weren't high, really, to be honest. But I think I went and saw this one just on the strength of the cast alone, just going on the, on their previous work, especially Michael Fassbender as well. Um, especially because he, he, you know, he was very much kind of on the rise. Um, that was a point where wasn't, wasn't, wasn't it. He, yeah, literally, he was pretty much in, in most things. and obviously he Now done, he's
1: mostly in Al- Alicia Vikander. <laughs> <laughs>
0: obviously, yeah, another. <laughs> getting it on. No, um,
1: he's married to her now.
0: Yeah, no, very lovely. Very lovely, they are, two definitely. Um yeah, he was pretty much on, well, up and up and up, <laughs> shall we say. Um, and then I remember after this, there was a huge, obviously, there's that scene where you get, you know, you must have, Hand down the Nazis to a bar in Portugal, wherever as is they've gone to. No.
1: And the Bond Portugal. found in the UK racing to the surface.
0: It really did, I said, yeah, "Oh, too. But no, that will, especially certainly in the Bond community as well, there is all kinds of, you know, just he should be cast as Bond and he looks really great. And if they were to go back, you know, if Tarantino was to go back and make his 1960s you know, period-setting Bond movie that should cost Fassbender and all the rest of it. Um, that was just all, you know, all us Bond fans were foaming at the mouth, mm-hmm. quite frankly. Um,
1: Unfortunately, he is now too old to start a run.
0: What a shame. Oh, dear.
1: I, I, I think we've had this conversation before. If you ask me now, with a current actor, and it can't be Daniel Craig, to, like, fantasy cast one film to come out this year, I'd pick him. But he's too old to start a run. He's He's, like, 44 now.
0: Yeah, if they're doing a one off yeah. I reckon they could do
1: it. But Well yeah, yeah because because in age he's like a mid career bond actor if you like. Mm. But
0: Brosnan was forty two when he started.
1: Yeah, and I think that's pushing it already. Um mm. because Brosnan aged quite a I don't know why I keep on rap.
0: giving him as an example. <laughs>
1: No, but I mean, I had no problem with Brosnan. He he looked good for three entries, but suddenly he didn't look so good in in Die Another Day. Roger Moore Moore looked pretty decent for three entries and then just looked too old. I watched half of Octopussy last night because I'm doing the rewatch, and I'm not going to go into Octopussy again, but just on his age, my partner who I'm watching with, she goes, God, he looks so old. (laughs) She'd never (laughs) seen it before. And of course, (laughs) four weeks ago, she was watching Live and Let Die. She couldn't believe it.
0: It's this, not the same
1: man. <laughs> and I just said, well, next week he'll have a, he'll have had a bit of cosmetic surgery. That little bump by his nose will have Another gone. And
0: removed. Because
1: I'm one of the few people who thinks he looks better in the last film than the penultimate film. But he's too old for both of them. So yeah, I would I would hesitate about the wisdom. mean people, oh, you've got to be Tom Hardy, and it's like, the. No, if, it hasn't. <laughs> if you haven't thought about it and you like the idea of Tom Hardy, I'm not going to argue. He wouldn't be my choice. I think he's too short as well for a start. Um, but making
0: it taller. Yeah, but I just think, you can fuck... act in a geological sequence. but in? everyone
1: goes. Well, Craig's only five foot ten, and I'm like, yeah, but he's an outlier. How far do you go? <laughs> they can't just keep getting shorter every time, otherwise Chris <laughs> will be fucking the next Bond.
0: they will cost me.
1: Not not fucking the next Bond, the next. Fucking I bond. Um, and I, I Sorry, just you're not telling us. I just think like you, you go six foot and over generally speaking, and if, the you, bond is if you the get th- an th- absolutely th- outstanding th- outlier once every couple of generations, then maybe but I mean Tom Hardy was born in what 77 so was Fastbender. they are too old if the next film comes out even relatively quickly they're going to be like 47 on debut too old but there's no doubt when he made this he would have been 33 for most of shooting and I just totally if, if they'd been sort of starting a new bond that year he would have been perfect wouldn't he yeah
2: because the so, especially in the first half, um, there was definitely like kind of that like call. Cool, especially in the '60s area, you're gonna get that really kind cool, cool, kind of um, sort of spy kind of fight. You know, because so he's, you know, he's a man on revenge as well. Yeah. And, and also,
1: and also in the second half, he does go more Irish, and I have no idea why yeah. that happened.
2: <laughs> um,
1: yeah, not that I'd have a problem with an Irish Bond, but it's like. Uh, he, he's been cast for this to be like a younger Ian McKellen, so fairly well-spoken English. <laughs> and then and then suddenly, oh, all right, you've forgotten how to do that, haven't you?
2: <laughs> Mutants of the world unite. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, so, no, I mean, the casting was very good. I think the the eyebrow razor, I think there were two pieces of sort of all... See, I don't know if I'm retroactively forgetting that Jennifer Lawrence wasn't at the peak of her fame by this point.
2: This was just before Hunger Games.
1: Yeah, because I think of her as almost—I mean, certainly after the.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say it was just after, literally just like that on the she, she was definitely on my radar because it, she was in Winter's Bone. Winter's Bone. Bone. And then, Winter's Bone yeah, was and she her big break, that sort of and, she,
0: her really, and she and was then in Hunger Games came along and that catapulted her into yeah. super stardom.
2: And she was in so, and she was in the two films. I saw and She was in like Mel um, Gibson film directed by Jodie Foster, The Beaver. Yeah. And the uh, something with um uh I am going to put his name but he sadly passed away the Anton um, Antonio, from... Antonio Yeah, from Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah
0: but
2: um a, a like a it's film with with him in with uh, I I think it was um oh god, her name's falling out of my head as well. Um come back to it come back to it. Yeah. She was she was in bleeding um in Star Wars Rebel One.
1: War. Oh, um, Philistine. Whatever she said, yes. I nearly said Felicity yeah. Montague, but that's yeah. that's Lynn from the Alan Partridge universe. <laughs> so yes, <yeah.
2: So, laughs> God, we're doing all,
1: well tonight.
2: It's hot. Here but, in the
0: UK. Everybody.
2: But uh, what we'll say is like, um, yeah. So she wasn't like, and I let's say a big name, but she was like on the rise. And um, every time I saw her, she had presence. She's like, you know, she yeah, you, you you are you, you you. She did stand out to you. She does stand up. Uh, uh, yeah,
0: she's really good isn't she? I think uh, she will, you know what, what she's whatever she does she, she's one of these actors you know I, I really rate her basically and like whatever she's in it she could be in like the worst film ever and she would improve well, it she, with a performance. She'll
1: be in a couple of weeks.
0: Well, yeah, coming soon and coming soon. Yeah. That, no, I mean like you know movie 43 bad. Yeah. She could be in it but it would it be improved just by her well, being in it.
1: So. I think what I would say about Jennifer Lawrence's presence here is in this film she does the whole Rebecca Remain thing of like Completely naked, but for prosthetics. Now, if you're wearing prosthetics and they cover your primary and secondary sexual organs, then as far as I'm concerned, you're not naked. But it is sort of classed as that, and also it's quite an exposing role. And as the film goes on,
0: okay. the so go, this film is like, well,
1: hang on a minute, twelve. As this film goes on, I'm not asking for it to be naked, becca I'm saying that,
0: say that they the talk
1: about. Is a
3: 12 is No, listen
1: a minute. I'm saying it's not about whether it's not about wanting her naked, it's about a young actress being in a role that's supposedly quote-unquote naked, as though I would argue that that really no, isn't. No, she's not, technically. Right, but they always say, oh, it's a naked role, and then I think, well, Jennifer Lawrence probably would not do that now, and if she did, she wouldn't walk around the whole film like it. And certainly as this series goes on, she wears the makeup less and less. And even when she is in the full mystique look, she's wearing clothes so she doesn't have to wear the full body makeup. So as she got more famous, she had the clout to not do what she did in this film. So going back to this film, I'm not calling her a prima donna because she may have done it very respectfully in conversations with directors and producers and stuff. I've got no evidence. She's just gone, nope. But she's in it less and less as we go on. So coming back to this, the casting seems odd, because you can't imagine her now doing a role like this, like fresh from new, going, yes, I'll do that role. And I think uh, I'd always liked James McAvoy and still do. Um, I think some of his better performances actually came after this, um, particularly Split. But he's got to feel that sonorous voice of like, Patrick Stewart, and I can't see him as a younger version, whereas Fassbender to some degree, yes.
2: Yeah, it's. I mean, I, I thought it was actually quite well cast, because I don't think, the problem the problem with like getting a young Patrick Stewart is, there's no young Patrick Stewart's. No. Um, so it's, it, so it, it, you kind of have to like, you know, go outside the box and just and just go with it, and, and and it's it's kind of hard because he, what he's kind of doing is like um he's kind of doing how like a, a, a Patrick Stewart but as a as a younger man, as, but you know as someone who is like who is well educated and can read minds, it, it, it it's it's kind of odd because sometimes I always think like he sounds a bit like Paul McKenna, like I can read your mind, <laughs> that kind of thing. But I can kind of, but I think he actually does a good job because I can actually sort of see, you know, if I can picture. Patrick Stewart or like a young Charles Xavier this is kind of how I I can kind of believe him to be like as like a yeah he's a bit you know he's you know he likes to chat a bit but he's also like you know quite quite intelligent and quite mm. sort of like in, in, especially in his attitude as well in his philosophy you know with, um, which we'll get into in terms of Eric because he sort of like he, he kind of appreciates you know the, the broader things you know he, he sees things like as a whole. Yeah. you know so he's like you see yeah, you know so he's telling Eric, you're focused more on hate and anger whereas like there's other extremes there's like you know there's beauty in there and he's like when we picks a thing about his mother like that's a beautiful thought thank you you know mm. so he's very even though he's like he's just reading people's minds like all the fucking time which is kind of unethical but you know he's like oh my, oh my god that's amazing this is amazing so it's it it I do buy it in a sense and I think you know I think but it is I, it is I don't hard. think it's a
1: complaint I don't think it's a complaint no. I, I really like just, him in the just role it's hard
2: because there's no young Patrick Stewart I, I just think on.
1: it's I'm just going on announcement when it was announced yeah. I, could, I was thinking of him like starter for 10 and stuff and I'm like yeah, as as, a, as Patrick Stewart really um, <laughs> but there you go Patrick Stewart it doesn't help Patrick Stewart has looked I mean he is ageing we talked about that a couple of weeks ago and it, it, he's ageing quite a lot but he still looks fundamentally similar to when he was in his 40s just an older version obviously balded young and things like that but so but yeah but it all worked out for the best rose Byrne, i i can't remember what i'd seen her in by this point but I, I certainly recognized her as an actress at this time and always had quite a lot of time for her obviously we get kevin bacon very early i've always liked him um i'm just going back through uh, rose Byrne's. Yeah, she'd already done Bridesmaids by this point get into the Greek Uh, 28 weeks later I'm thinking of things I've seen rather than everything she was in Sunshine Troy oh yeah I remember her in Troy now not thought of that in years but I do remember it and of course she was Padme's double in Attack of the Clones I failed you well you just (laughs) did your job Nicholas Holt I think this was the first time I had seen her since um since him since about a boy. So I saw him as a grown-up for the first mm-hmm. time. Janderee Jones had had a crush on since um American Wedding. Uh and Zoe Kravitz at this point was daughter of Lenny Kravitz and Lisa Bonet. You know what I mean? She'd yet to mm-hmm. really start her uh sort of set out her own sort of career, but obviously since then she's she's been very successful. I think that's all I want to say on sort of um background to it. I'll just whip into opening thoughts, but I've largely covered it. This is my favourite X-Men film to date. Um, By to date, I mean to date, as in now before the MCU doing it. But I mean more specifically in this rewatch because, like I say, watch everything with an open mind and there's at least one film to come I might end up preferring. I just love the style to it. I love the musical style. I I love it feeling a period piece and fairly new at the same time it takes something you know the the 60s of sudden you know, not suddenly but over the years become a bit cool again and they really grasp that here and uh matthew vaughn's perfect for it and when you see him go on and do things like Kingsman, he is quite an impressive visual stylist be visual stylist the new cast are a great um Obviously Jennifer Lawrence was very young at this point, so again seeing her as as Mystique was odd, and and it's still odd because she's so famous now. But I can't argue that she's anything other than good in the role. Uh, both our main male leads are terrific. I think Nicholas holt plays it really sort of internal and very different from. He, he doesn't really sell as a young Kelsey Grammer, but you don't need him to. He, um, it's amazing how much range he's got, I, you know, he was an awkward kid in About a Boy, he's kind of an awkward teenager here, but then you go and see him in something like The Favourite as a right sort of scoundrel, I suppose they would call him in the vernacular of that era, and he really is, and he only just uh, lost out to Pattinson for the Batman role, so he, he's he's an actor to watch, he's, he can do a bit of everything, Um So yeah, I really enjoyed it I'll have some issues as we go through I've always had a problem with this series continuity Because it's a reboot and a new cast I can switch it off a little bit And watch it as self-contained But there will be things where it bothered me on the way through it And I'm sure they'll bother me as as we talk our way through it But apart from that, it's really, really enjoyable And it stands comparison with the, the best origin films out there anyway
2: yeah i i i agree actually uh it's my favorite x-men film uh myself personally uh i i think I, I think it's really well cast like it's got quite quite a large cast but i think everyone is almost like perfectly suited to the role um you know even like someone like out there like kevin bacon i think kevin, kevin bacon wasn't the original choice i believe i think he kind of stepped in the last minute but uh, I that I don't know. I've have... done
1: a lot of weeding on this. Do you know who the first I... choice was meant to no, have been?
2: No, I, I think I think I remember it at the time. I, mean, I remember reading uh, Wikipedia, and um,
1: well, and... I've got that page over open, so keep going, and if I happen across it, I'll let you know. Yeah, I
2: think I think I think, Matthew, I think you mentioned Matthew Bourne, like it was between him and Colin Firth. Now I don't know if Colin Firth actually accepted it, but I remember I remember something being said at the time that he Colin came Firth. in. Yeah, he came in last minute to replace someone, but didn't mention who it Who that was. Mm. Um, so I was like, "Oh, okay." Colin Firth was the, the joint sort of the top
1: choice, if yeah. you like.
2: Yeah. But yeah, but I don't know if he accepted it at all or anything no, like that. But um, there. but I think, but I think he, he he can he kind of like nails through the cut. like you know, i was trying to think, he was gonna actually pull that off, like this kind of like suave, like debonair yeah, but highly evil like like sort of person like almost oh, like bomb villain um but but also have also have his little stint as like as a mad german scientist almost like it's like he pulls it off really well yeah
1: well i'm just looking through his filmography now because it's going to take me a minute i mean obviously hollow man he played a bad guy Um, but, um, the film that springs to mind, I remember it when it came out, and I don't... Obviously, when I get to the subject matter, it was never going to be a financial hit. Um, because it's a difficult subject matter, but he made a film called The Woodsman about six years before this, and he was like a child molester who's, like, back, sort of on parole. He comes out of prison. Um... And I, I just think that Kevin Bacon has that quality of being able to be whatever you want. You know, I, I can't think of his relative age now, but had he played like a Marty McFly, he could have done it. Mm. Uh, he can play a victim, though; hence something like Friday the Thirteenth. He can play a good guy, like a Tremors, or but he can also play like absolutely evil under the surface. And I think because of that sort of six degrees of separation game, he's almost become a bit of a punchline, and people forget what a quality actor he is.
2: Yeah, I think. I mean, think even
1: even Wild Things, even Wild Things, you, you don't know him. Well, I think that's more the Matt Dillon character, but mm. you don't know anyone's intentions in that film.
2: He's 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 probably he's probably well he is one of these actors who kind of. He, you don't really realise because he does so many different things, but isn't showy about it. So sometimes you can just see, oh, it's oh, it's Kevin Bacon. Oh, you know he he's in it because he, he's in so he, he's in so many films. He's worked probably with so many people. Like you can kind of like think, oh well, you know, you just think of flashdance or whatever. But you know, um, but then when you stop and think yeah, about, he's like, been a lot, in a lot of, of
1: films as well, like Mystic River and stuff like that, mm. where co-stars have, have got all the attention. Like a Sean Penn in that role, um, and when he's had but, like but, a
2: because but he's not showy though, is he? He's mm. not like a he's not someone to sort of
1: yeah. Well, he's he not probably
2: sort of like brag about it. He may not have stuff. the
1: same. I mean, Sean Penn's a particularly tough example to put yourself against because Sean Penn has so much screen presence. Mm. But yeah, I mean, he has been. Well, yeah, Sean he, Penn he has an e advert, so <laughs> yeah. I, I bet he could even get a three advert. <laughs> um but there's just something very stable again about him he, he's always been about as famous as always um gets good supporting roles at a lot of things i remember he was in frost nixon he was very good in that but again not a lead um he's been famous for like 40 years plus he's been married for 30 years plus he's just the absolute picture of sort of stability <laughs> But then he comes into this film, and it's it's again, it's quite a varied role. You see him the first two scenes; you see him in, he's totally different, isn't he? Yeah,
2: yeah. He 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 starts off at what, um at was one thing, and then uh, he sort of reintroduces it as, as something else. Um, but yeah, no, I I yeah, you know, I think it's I, I I like the look, I like the feel of it. Um, it, yeah, you know, it, it I think I think it actually feels better than the, the previous X Men films. Um, I, I yeah, you know, I think it flows well. I think it's actually better written, and given the fact that this was all like done like in in next to nothing time, like they literally just got you know got this done is quite impressive. Um, and I think some of the faults are, if there are any issues, is is largely down to like, well, they didn't have enough time for the effects or no. Some some of the or, effects
1: looked very unfinished on the big screen. On the small screen didn't look anywhere near as bad, even though it's in, you know, a high resolution. Mm. I I was watching the 4K version. But um, there was one scene where the person watching it with me went, look at that, and pointed out something I've never noticed, and we'll get to it. Um, And it's not an error. It's it's kind of a lazy effect that you don't notice until you notice, and then you go, oh, yeah, okay.
0: Mm.
1: But it's not too bad. Becca?
0: Yes. So, yeah, I didn't really get a chance to say what my first impressions of this film actually were yeah, so, do it all sorry, about job, sorry about
1: that, it. it's probably me you probably you probably mentioned something else and I went on a tangent, carry on, no
0: that's okay um, mm. shall we do it to it and discuss the film in a sequential fashion
2: no, no, no you, you, you tell us your
0: no that's right. Let's let's keep things moving along
1: alright no problem, we'll do it as we go into it then, um, I will ask one question though that I don't think we quite answered, where were you with the X-Men series at this point, were you looking forward to this?
0: Um I went to see it on the cast alone. I was blown away and
1: right so then I
0: was kind of I was, I was mildly interested in the previous film, and then it's a downhill trajectory from there
1: it is, isn't it just okay let's discuss this film sequentially then so the first scene isn't going to take very long to discuss before uh, at all because we did it about four weeks ago. The first <laughs> scene is a direct <laughs> recreation of the Auschwitz sequence from the start oh, of the first film. Landing. There are two notable differences. The first notable difference is the color palette. I've run them next to each other. I did it during the show, and uh, this has a slightly warmer color palette than the first versions. Warm is the wrong word. It is still Auschwitz, out- but it's got a browner um, tint. Where well, the original was very steel um so it's warmer right warm isn't a word you want to associate with where they are but it is in keeping with the fact that where we're going is going to be much more colorful than that first film the other difference is every time you get a close-up of of the boy or his parents obviously the actors change because they've got to go on and do another scene with that young boy and the original boy will be now 10 years too old to do it so the parents are swapped as well i think that's probably because the mother has to be brought in in a while every other shot is as from the first film, but just recolour timed. Yeah,
0: it's the same sequence, isn't it? Pretty much, as I say. But literally, they
1: haven't recreated the shots; they've used the same shot. Yes, yeah, it's the, the same same shot, process.
0: but obviously just a little bit colour corrected and yeah. So, but no, I think it's done really well actually. It's done very stylishly. Um, and I think it kind of has a bit more, I don't know, a bit more gravitas this time around You know, obviously it's very very serious, and obviously how how the scene develops as well. Um, it's kind of done in a very uh, very sort of shocking way. Um, and, and you know it's really effectual. I think having Matthew Vaughan you know, start, you know, work on this film just elevates it up to to a whole new level. obviously we've seen it with the previous kind of action and, and superhero movies as well. Um but I think there are, you know, lots of clever flourishes here that here and there. Um and especially with this this scene, especially between the young um Eric Lencher and um Kevin Bacon <laughs> from the EE adverts, um you know, is done in you know a really kind of twisty turny way that you don't expect to see.
1: Well, yeah, he's taken up to see Kevin Bacon. There's two things I like about this. Firstly, it's shot um, Bacon on the right, Mag- well, Magneto as he's going to be Eric Lentcher, the young boy on the left, and we can see a window and everything else. But when we get the reverse shot, it's mm. full of, it's full of all this like torture, torture chamber, equip- yeah, torture equipment and stuff. And he's just trying to get the boy speaking in German uh, to get the um, to move a coin he's got on the table. That coin will become mm. a thing. Uh, through the series and through the this film. Film. You absolutely, um, and he's just trying to get to move it and again this is quite instructive because there's a tragedy to Magneto there always has been but they, this film plays on it more I don't think we'd ever had tears from the McKellen version we do from the Fassbender version at, later in the film but again not hysterics just a, an inner sadness which is just kind mm. of coming out in the form of some tears
0: it's very
1: sad. and But also, when you think he's going to go on to be the Malcolm X of this scenario, you can understand it that if if mutants have the ability to... and not only abilities, but can control those abilities, you should see that as a gift because he lost his mother because he couldn't control the ability. Yeah. His, His mother is shot because they think it's the tension and stress that's going to get him to move this because he actually did all the damage outside... In, in pain and stress, and of course, after she's shot, he's, he's shrinking the helmets on the uh guards' mm. heads and all that sort of thing and causing mayhem.
0: Yeah, you see everything sort of like crushing
2: and all like the fighting cabinets are sort of yeah. Yes, and uh, and Kevin Bacon's ecstatic.
1: Uh, he, yeah, he loves that. I love how much he's enjoying it, it's pretty good fun, yeah. Um, he's really
2: good though. I mean, obviously,
0: you know, he's quite—he's a legendary actor anyway. But he's really good in this. I kind of thought, oh, you know, I remember going to see it like first at the cinema, thinking, oh my god, it's just—he's going to be sort of really slimy and just, you know, well, he comes, really off, cringy, as, but yeah, he, he comes off as a
1: total oddball here, and when you next see him, he's all Mister Suave on his yacht. Exactly.
0: Yeah, he's like, oh, Mister Bond, I've been expecting you, and you just think, oh my god. <laughs> but actually, he's fantastic. He's fantastic. You know, he's yeah, as I say, he's, he's one of those. Yeah, he, he can do like all all genres. You know, all, all sides.
1: Now I think we could be getting to Chris's first problem yeah. with the film. Um, part of me likes this. Uh, firstly, I, I do wonder why Xavier maintains an English accent, though. Um, um, because he's yeah, a, I've
0: got a comment about uh, accents coming uh, well, up at the end of the show. Chi- but it's a just child, four accents go go in this movie. <laughs> well,
1: he, as a child, he's already in Westchester County, New York, in this mansion he's obviously I know he's distant from his parents because the reason he he catches out his quote unquote mother as not being his quote unquote mother is the fact that she's friendly and warm and in the kitchen (laughs) Um, his mother's there offering to make him a sandwich or whatever it is she offers him and it turns out to be Raven uh, the woman we will come to know as Mystique as a young girl Raven Darkholm and she's just looking for food and then he sort of says, you know, you never be scared, uh, need to be scared again, and she gets to stay and live there. Which makes me wonder, where yeah, his wait. actual parents are that they're all right with this.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I like, I'll, I'll, well, well, it. well, it's well so who's, who's any of the guardians are, or, like, or <laughs> where did she come from? Like, What's going on? Yeah. I mean,
1: if you had a child and you got, home from, if child? you got home from work one day, and you're like ten year old kid had invited someone to come and live with you you might have some opinion on it
2: <laughs> yeah you <laughs> like, i'm not, not, not too sure you know especially like i'll be mean, plus are they aware of, of this mutant thing as well no. i mean that's not really established um how do they feel about it i mean one of the fun things i did pick up on like sort of straight away was like the only bit he's got a picture of albert einstein on, on, on his bedroom cabinet <laughs> it's almost like he's like that. that's his poster that's just like oh he's you know like i'm that's but I, I, I thought oh come on really
1: <laughs> I know it makes me Ow, laugh when Einstein. they're smart they've got to have those sorts of things on the wall yeah <sighs> whatever
2: <laughs> but, but yeah um, but yeah honestly I, I don't mind I think accepting like as I know this is kind of like a this is a prequel but also accepting like this is like also a different take on it so yeah. Yeah. I think if you if you just like go right well okay well this is like not leading up to yeah. X, uh, X-Men, X this one, this is like a, a different interpretation. It's
1: fine. It's not a big deal, but obviously, I don't know how what the what the relationships were in the comic. We'd said this to start with, we, we're not readers of the comic. It would be quite easy to look it up, I suppose. Mm. But this whole brought up with Charles thing, that might be a retcon to bring it closer to the comics. It might be a retcon away from it and we wouldn't know any different but it doesn't fit with the first three films but it's not a deal breaker you know Charles yeah. uh, Charles later on in, in, in life is going to be surrounded by people much younger than himself and the only person he was friends with as a younger man is going to be distant you, you, you need to give him other people to play off and Mystique has not been explored well I thought Rebecca Romaine played it absolutely perfectly you didn't get under the skin, much in terms of finding out much better. Um, so next we've got Bond audition take one.
2: Yeah, so um, this is like Eric sitting down playing with the coins. He still got that coin that he couldn't move. Yeah, and it's and it's like you know it's going in between his fingers and flick, and then and he moves it basically sort of flicks it in straight into. Um, uh, what, what's his name, his character? Eric Glencher. Eric, uh, No, no, uh, Kevin Bacon's character. Oh, Sebastian Shaw. That's it, yeah. He, he flicks in Sebastian Shaw's head, which uh, will happen later on. Um, mm. Which I kind of like. Uh, so,
1: But then he goes uh, off so to the it. bank.
2: Yes. It's got some gold.
1: Again, this has got Nazi over Now, there's been... I don't know if they're rumours, conspiracy theories or what you c- would call them but it's long been sort of postulated that a lot of the senior Nazis like disappeared to South America after World War II and I- I've always thought that was just like stories so I don't know but this film leads in, leans into it um, so he goes to S- Switzerland still talking German to- and gets a banker to trace a bar of Nazi gold Um, and he does it by ripping the fillings out of his mouth. The first dodgy effect in the film, you've got a shot from inside the banker's mouth that looks
0: awful. I was going to say, there are a couple of shots, even though this was 2011, there's many thousands of visual effects. The majority of them do hold up really, really well. I think there's there's probably three, just in, in my opinion, three that perhaps don't really hold up, and this is one of them. But yeah. it's, it's, quite, it's interesting though, isn't it? And it really kind of, think, you think, oh, you know, because I imagine that must be like a really painful experience as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, if anybody, nobody likes to visit the dentist, I'm sure. um, Not a very pleasant experience. But yeah, it just kind of, it makes you feel like looking at it from that point of view, it, make, it kind of rums at home a little bit and you think, oh, you know, somebody literally ripping the fillings out of your face. I've got to like, give, oh I, yeah, well,
1: I have to give some um Credit to the sound design as well—the sort of creaking sound as it starts. Yeah, it's sort out of the crunch. Like that. Oh my gosh! It, it, it is. It, it, it would be nothing without its sound, and it's actually no, quite unsettling. But he,
0: everything like, across the, the it really in, brings it home.
1: The guy in pain and terror names <clears throat> names a very small village in um, Argentina. Although when he goes there, it looks a bit like The Sound of Music. From outside yes yeah,
0: uh, yeah not Portugal Argentina I'm sorry it's Argentina um, yes I, I didn't know that I just named the wrong country
1: Don't and I think I'm just gonna mention a second lazy effect and then we'll just talk about the scene as as long as we want to uh, the backdrop of the bar you can see out the windows and outside and it looks like something out of the original series of Star Trek it looks like a studio or something or just like a blank a, you know a, a sheet with some coloring on it. it's been draped but apart from that, this is the scene that made every Bond fan look at Michael Fassbender. I think is that fair to say?
0: Yeah, that was like his audition, Bond audition number one, as you say.
1: I think it's just the way he carries himself. It's the way he moves, and, and yeah. it helps. He's in a 60s aesthetic, and he, even if Sean Connery was your least favourite Bond, right? To some degree, the Bond Bond has always sort of stayed a sixty series in the heads of like a lot of the fans. That doesn't mean. I've said this before. I don't want them to make them set in the sixties. I don't. But there's something about the Bond series that will always evoke the nineteen sixties in my head. It yeah. doesn't. It doesn't help they bring the DB five back every two minutes as well. But I think because he's in a sixties aesthetic, it looks like modern and classic Bond like meeting, and you go, "That's perfect."
0: Smushed together and think, "Oh, that's what we want."
1: Mm. Yeah, basically, yeah, it turns so... out they're down there working as like pig far- a pig farmer and a tailor.
2: Yeah, um, he's like fancy that.
1: And they're just having a beer, and he just sort of chats to them. <laughs> um, and it turns out that you know he says something about his parents I don't have any parents. They were taken away by a pig farmer and a tailor.
2: Yeah.
1: And then I think he he puts a knife through one of their hands, manipulates the metal of the barman barman stroke owner to shoot the other one.
2: Yeah. The the stabs, then stabs the the bar guy with the knife and puts it back in his
1: yeah flings it at him uh, draws hand, it back
2: and and then like looks, looks at a picture looks at the
1: wall and sees Sebastian Shaw sat in the middle yeah which I'm presuming then, is not the name he went by when he was a German mm-hmm. you know killer or whatever I don't know uh so that's that at the same so we've now got them as young men um and as we go through this sort of let's just call it a reboot the sort of 1960s crew as we go through their years their ages will not make any sense because we're in 1960 at 2 alright, Fassbender's 34 but given he's about the same age let me think he was a young boy at the end of World War 2 which means he must be a little bit older than yeah, he must have been born in about let's say 1935 so he's about he's late 20s here At the same time, Xavier is probably mid-twenties by the time he's done a doctorate. Mm. There's only a year or two between them. He's doing a thesis on mutation at Oxford University. Now, I suppose it's possible his entire uh, schooling has taken place in this country. Maybe he just goes home at holiday times, I don't know. Raven's with him as like a little sister, I suppose. Yeah, he refers
2: to as a sister.
1: Yeah, and he's cracking on, and she's, she's... Disguising her mutation She looks like Jennifer Lawrence mm. And basically Xavier spent all his time cracking onto women Which is quite funny <laughs> Because the Patrick's, Patrick Stewart's yeah. character In Star Trek was fairly ase- Not asexual but Certainly sublimated that size of him To sort of focus on the job And then you find out as a young cadet He was like a fighter and womaniser So it's quite funny to see the same is sort of true here um
2: yeah I think there's always that that dynamic of like well i uh, something in me kind of changed i i think I think it's that trope of like of 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 you know remembering someone else as a young person being completely different, yeah, so you kind of have to like you, you go on a journey you, you change yourself almost
1: they've done it for years though haven't they i mean yeah. look look at marty mcfly's mother, puritanical in the present day and like all over the guys in the past,
2: yeah um although we, a lot of that what, was just talk. He, the, yeah, there's probably like um, examples of like of villains as well. Like you know, like yeah. when you look at of uh, villains as a child, oh, they're ever such a good boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Those kind of, thing. Those yeah. kind so, of things. so you
1: know, it's it's influenced by the Bond films anyway in look, and mm. I think what, where else do we want to go in the plot here? So he's trying to crack on women generally by talking about mutations. So he's talking to mm. one woman who's got. Her two eyes a different color and he's trying to use that to crack onto her you'll later do that with uh, the McTaggart character um, and at the so same time she, she is um, the McTaggart character is in Las Vegas
2: yeah um, and and she's investing she's investigating well she's following one of the generals isn't she there's like a the general like evolved from uh, from the White House yeah And he's going to, this is potentially going to meet the Hellfire Club. And she she goes in and, uh, well, she like sort of just goes in basically in an underwear. Yeah. And then, and then, I bet this is kind of like at the time of the um, Cuban Missile Crisis, isn't it? It, Well, it is,
1: it It is. I always get confused between that and the Bay of Pigs in terms of timing, but yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. So this is something to do like. We do, we don't know what the actual But There's something to do like like maneuvering the you know warships or warheads. Is it warships or warheads? What they're trying Zirky.
1: to they're trying to get um, Aaron Pierce from 24, who used to yeah. look after the president, but he's now a big cheese in the forces and one of the joint chiefs of staff. I'm assuming, um, without looking, uh, he's a high he's a U.S. Army officer anyway. And they're trying to get what they're trying to do is provoke a war, because we will find out later, that Shaw, she, it, they do it all through like mind reading, Shaw wants to hit the world with a ton of radiation and stuff, because that's what causes mutations. So it will make them stronger and kill humans. So, not unlike Magneto's plot in the first film, it's like, you mutate or die. Yeah. And that's the idea. So they they're trying to influence him to vote for it, to send like a blockade out and get ready to attack all this sort of thing well first off I think they're going to put them in Turkey they're going to put missiles in Turkey um and again it, it, it is that this is what led into the Cuban Missile Crisis because they retaliated by putting them in Cuba and so on and much like the modern day discourse th- these both of these countries talk like they can do something that the other side can't do we can have nuclear weapons but you mustn't that sort of thing um and obviously she sees mutation for the first time because she sees uh, Emma Frost, January Jones's character, who basically, funny, she's called Emma Frost. January Jones has always had, apart from an American wedding, she's always had kind of a cold screen presence. And I think that's deliberate. She's not entirely likable as a screen presence, although so when she plays friendly, she is. Um, but she basically is dressed in underwear and she has mind reading powers and she can um, turn manipulate herself into diamond so she can't be and you can't read her thoughts at that point and you can't hurt her really mm. um you've got Azaziel there which is uh Jason Fleming's character and I believe he is a relative he may be the father of I'm not sure uh Nightcrawler in in the comics and of course it's the same yeah. skill set but one's read I just a bit say it, I've one. seen
0: this film many times and I today realized it was Jason Fleming in the role <laughs> Oh my yeah,
1: I know. I, I, I was I just, sad... like, he's
0: completely transformed himself.
1: Well, the first time I'm watching it, all the way through, going, I know him, I know him. Who is I know it? who that who is. is but, oh. And I get towards the end of the film, and like one of the last time he appears, I went, hang on, Matthew Vaughan, lockstock, ah, got it. And I still oh, couldn't That's him, why, that's but, why. I, but then I could picture him but not name him. So I still had to look it up when I came out. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so, so, yeah, they basically they teleport him there, convince him to change his mind. And then send him back to uh, the president's war room, where he now supports missile placement in Turkey. So the whole thing is about manipulating forces to provoke a war.
2: Mm. And then so yes, she rings uh, back, base and said, I, uh, "I've I've just seen um, Colonel Hendrick. Aaron Paul. Yeah.
1: <laughs> not Aaron Paul. That's Breaking Bad. Aaron Pierce. Oh,
2: God, oh, Jesus Christ. That's Aaron. Oh. Pa- that's that's Jesse, bitch." God, I'm just getting all the names wrong now, aren't I? Jesus Christ. Anyway. Um, yeah, so she's really like, well, I've seen him. He's he, he's in Vegas. She's like, well, no, it's just there. Yeah. He's in DC. I was like, well, that can't be right. Yeah, and he is. And
1: he's <laughs> just there going, I've changed my mind. I'm voting for this yeah. now. Uh, not very subtle, but fine. And then what? Uh, Colonel Hendry goes to meet him on his boat Um, and try and pulls a grenade on him. And we find Shaw can absorb energy and then reuse it mm. um, we'll see similar mutations well I suppose it's not unlike Gambit but it's a lot more powerful and it, it's, what keep him, it's what's keeping him young, it's why he's not aged in nearly two mm. decades so Hendry is now killed by him and McTaggart hen, heads to Oxford to uh, see Xavier who's a little bit drunk
2: yeah so he's uh, on the pull again Um uh... And um, yes, yeah, she asks for help, and um, he says, "Okay, I'll see what I can do." It's um, when she he reads
1: her mind, he do, every time yeah. he put, he's less subtle than the Patrick Stewart version. He literally puts his fingers to his temple when he's doing something like that, and I don't mind. It's quite a nice little quirk, but it is different. Of course, he sat like he's just thinking, but he's actually plus, reads plus her he, mind.
2: He's, he's younger as well, so he's thinking like, well, well, obviously as he gets old, he develops it more."
1: Of course, so he, yeah. he may not need to do that. Um, but he reads her mind and he sees some of what she saw with mm. Azaziel and Emma Frost and all the rest of it because she's asking about mutation and he just says something tells me you've seen something like this and when he realises how serious it is they head into Langley together
2: yes and so he gives his presen- um, presentation and they all just think well, that's a load of bollocks
3: Yeah.
1: well you would have to prove it wouldn't you but thankfully um, Mystique's there so not yet yeah. Misty, but she's there and she changes a few times and everything else so they get they get it and um i don't even know if the character's got a name but so yeah so they're going like, to yeah
2: they're going to lock him up then or send him to a bolipax so i'll 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 use him now he turns out to be someone who has always believed this sort of stuff
3: yeah and, and never had any and, proof
2: yeah and so he's got his own little sort of facility mm. uh, and it's, and um it's from there we meet hank and i, yeah. and I, and I, and I like his introduction because like um charles charles walks in and went oh look him. a mutant <laughs> yeah pretty much and he's not out <laughs> as a mutant again back, back to oh, those so sort sorry.
1: of back to those sort of coming out yeah you know particularly with the guy's age you know late teens or whatever he might be at this point um, and he's just a scientist working for him who, but an absolute genius he, he's sort of Tony Stark level mm. and it turns out he, he's now he, he's really apologetic because Charles is a nice man I'm so sorry I didn't realise they didn't know so he shows his mutation which at this point is kind of like simian type fate I suppose
2: Yeah, I mean say it's like super intelligence
1: super intelligence is part of it yeah. That would have to be a mutation. There's very few people in history that smart. And he could do everything and learn everything. So that's part of it. Part of it is agility and strength. But he looks perfectly normal at this stage. We'll come to that. Uh, and, his feet. and then what? Well, yeah, but he can make his feet look normal. and well, He can put them into shoes. Put it that way. Yeah. He can hide it. Um, now... When does Lencher come into this? Oh, they've got they've built yeah. a they've built a prototype of Magneto, haven't they?
2: Yeah, yeah, they've got. Uh, not a prototype
1: of Magneto. That's not even a fucking word. What was the word I was thinking of? A prototype of what's that thing? So he's in? cerebro. Cerebra. I've named it once tonight already. Yeah. All right. So they're we'll a- names they're wrong. able to find where Short is.
2: Yes. Um, so the... So that, uh, but Shaw has his own Magneto helmet.
1: He does. Probably not so, called a Magneto helmet at this point. Yeah. But yes, Magneto attacks him. Um, Magneto goes there because he's on the mm. the hunt as well. And he's been told by those guys he killed where Shaw is. Um,
2: and he has. Um, he tries to leave, doesn't he, um, Eric? He tries, to like, it's like, no, nah, this is kind of, like, you know, teamwork isn't for me. um well first get, off he tries busy.
1: to kill him Then he tries to stop the boat getting away And eventually
2: Oh sorry sorry, we're jumping ahead At, at whole... this
1: point he's found by He knows there's a mutant there He knows two things He knows that Emma Frost is there Not by name but someone like me Because I'm being blocked mm. And he said I can feel another mutant And he looks in the water and it's Eric And he kind of saves Eric Because Eric is so obsessed he's going to drown Trying to stop this thing They get him aboard yeah. he calms him down and they get him back to the facility again, and then we are on to using this cerebro to locate mutants and recruit them.
2: Yes, and this is where we get the, um, the you know, the, the sequence of of of, of uh, meeting all the, the the first class.
1: Yeah. So um, who's in this class? We've got um, Banshee. I'm talking of the names yeah. they'll come to take. One of the few clunky names uh, seeds in the film where they choose their names. It's really cheesy. But um, so going by the names, you got Banshee uh, and Havoc. So Havoc is another Summers. It ain't Scott Summers. I can't remember Alex yeah. Summers. It's basically yeah. his. I, I believe it's going to be like his older brother. Yeah. yeah.
3: Um
1: Watch how he does or doesn't age as we go through this series. Because by apocalypse, he's meant to be about 38, and he looks like 21. You know. Um, it's really silly, and, and when Eric is meant to be like sixty odd, and his son, it, it just none of it makes sense. But at this stage, they're kind of teenagers. Havoc has a similar ability, but it isn't focused on the eyes. It is all to do with rays and stuff like that, and they're going to work to focus that. Banshee has like a supersonic noise that he can break things with, but also fly with it because he can he can use it the frequency yeah. against the ground. You've got What Will Become Angel, which is a Zoe Kravitz character who's basically working as a stripper, I suppose, or lap Mm. dancer. And she goes in to dance for them and she's like, we know what you are. They show them his ability with metal and she takes off her top and actually spreads wings so she can fly. Um, uh, You probably get to see her tits as well, but that's unconfirmed. And then who else? Um... What's the guy who Uh, absorbs all the uh, powers?
2: Oh, yeah, um... The cab driver. Yes. Oh, it's... I'm just
1: looking for it. Uh... Darwin. Darwin, yeah. Yeah, reactive evolution, he calls it. Basically, he adapts to survive. So if he sticks his head in water, he'll grow gills, like, immediately. Um, if he needs to, you know, turn into concrete, he can. Um and I think that's most of them obviously Hank we've already mentioned and that's it so they they, oh the other thing is of course they do go in to see Logan not named sat at a bar hi we're here to see go fuck yourself and then they just leave him (laughs)
2: yeah yeah I wish
1: wish they'd learnt from this though because they cram Logan in I mean (laughs) Logan has some great stuff still to come I, I remember liking the next film I remember liking Logan itself but my favorite of the film so far barely has any Wolverine in it, and then I look at like Apocalypse where they crammed him in where he didn't need to be and I'm just well, wishing they'd had a bit more confidence
2: well yeah yeah
1: so they're all recruited cool. they sit around and show each other their abilities um, they give themselves these names which is I suppose they are kids by and large except the taxi driver. Um, He's
2: probably young as well, isn't he? Um, and well.
1: they're, just, they're just training to try and control their abilities. Yeah, it's largely saying, oh, done why as. A, are you here? It's a very 60s style montage. The music is very mm. 60s. And it's very sort of upbeat. So he's trying to get. Um, Hank to embrace his mutation and spread his feet and actually run properly and so because they're running at the same speed before mm-hmm. that he's trying to get Banshee to be able to fly uh, no this
2: is, the, this, this, is ahead. this is like um, this afterwards is that the uh, Xavier Palace. we're still at the FBI place
1: go on
3: this uh, is before yeah,
2: they so go the, back so this is the, the round table where they're just basically sort of spitting like you know getting to know each other kind of thing and that's yeah. when they sort of like go, oh I'm going to have this name and that name and they're all like kind of pissed and when um, Charles and Eric and um, uh, McTaggart uh, arrived, they're all like pissing around and like not impressed. I
1: I like and dislike this. I like it because we we need reminding their kids. They do do need need schooling. They do need guidance. It's not just a question of like finding them on the streets and you're away. So I like it but I find the scene where they're all cheesily giving each other their names really really it's, clunky it,
2: it, it's also because mystique is actually finding like letting loose almost because i mean i'm sort of like you know being around charles yeah but it's um,
1: yeah, eric is trying to get her to be her
2: yeah um but yeah because she's like, oh finally i can like you know break loose with like new people kind of thing um so there's that um and then where do you go from there did we have a we go the mission on them in russian don't we or like a russian base go on i'm not sure Cause like, cause uh, i th- i thought the,
1: i thought the attack was around here i thought they barely got through that bit
2: no no um so that's they they, they stay behind but obviously um charles eric and rose mcgarran's character uh i think maybe beast as well goes with them as well um they, i think they...
1: we oh yes they do go yeah they do go to russia um Shaw's not there, they go there to get Shaw Shore, but Shaw's yeah. not there, which they can work out and Charles is like I can feel her so she'll know I'm here he sends Frost yeah. instead and it's to talk to this uh, it's to talk to the villain from Taken 2 and the guy who Batman said, nice coat to <laughs> yeah um,
2: basically like Hollywood's favourite Russian
1: Yeah, Russian or Bulgarian or whatever because the West can't really tell the difference anyway um
2: He's just got such a good look. He, he just has that like look. that just says Russian. That's the thing. He he's does. Just got such a
1: good. It, it it works to sort of what we know anyway. So. Yeah. Uh,
2: um. Yeah. So like. Uh, um, I love the fact she like, tries
1: to charm him into whatever she wants, but she can put images in your mind. So he thinks he's like yeah. getting fruity on the bed with her, and she's just sat off at the side going Pathetic <laughs> And I like
2: that. And you see him, he's there, like you know, on his own, like. <laughs> I,
1: I I did get living daylights vibes there. Don't know about you, Becca, <laughs> but the bit where um at the start where he's like got his head in her boobs, and and he's reacting like no man actually reacts in real life, as far as I can imagine. Um. Cake boshed What do you reckon, Becca?
0: Yeah, I would agree. It is a little bit like that scene, unfortunately. Um, Yeah, getting the same vibes, for sure.
1: It's got a good balance of humour, though, because, I mean, it doesn't... With what's coming with Eric and the tears and everything, it all still works.
0: No, it works really well. And I would agree that that... I don't know the actor's name, but he does pop up as, like, your token Russian or token Eastern European character. I don't know how to pronounce it. Character. It's René something. He plays a similar sort of role in all those sort of films, but I know who you mean, but, yeah, I can't remember the actor's name, unfortunately, but he does seem to play those kind of, you know, token roles in movies. But he's very good, very, you know, he does very well in it, and he's known for that sort of part. But, yeah, I'm just kind of like, hey, it's that guy who's played every other Russian character. <laughs>
1: So I think I, I think the bottom line is here they find out where Shaw is and get a bit more out of the plan because they get hold of January Jones and and basically tie her to the bed. Um, mm. Not quite as sexy as it sounds, but um, basically um, Magneto is just uh, pushes her further and further until she has to give the information, and then she's in um, she's then in custody uh, until late in the film. Anything else at this
3: point? Yeah.
2: Yeah, so she they she's kind of out of the picture to um, to degree, while Sebastian Shaw actually goes um, to the FBI base. Um, but it is it is quite an impressive and brutal attack at the same time, because you got Azriel just literally just teleporting people in midair and just dropping them. Yeah, and this it's is, just like th-
1: this is a marvel of tone this film because. It, we talk about tonally unsettled and confused films where it's funny one minute and brutal the next. This film manages it. N- none yeah. of this is upsetting or troubling, but, like, it feels like it has stakes. So I'm, re- I'm yeah, really happy I, with I, it.
2: I think... I, yeah, I, I think it's almost like the... He um, kind of got, like, the, the balance of, like, sort of bouncy, kind of happy, and then, oh, it's awesome when, when shit gets real, yeah. so to speak. It's like, oh, yeah. So, um... Yeah, so we see Oliver Platt's character. Um, he, he gets unceremoniously so killed, um, which, which I think, to the uh, film's uh, testament, you kind of do feel bad for him. You do feel like, oh. I was yeah. Bear
1: in of... mind, this character does not have a name. So yeah. well done, yeah.
2: <laughs> you kind, of, you kind of thinking, oh, I was kind of hoping he'd be in the film more. <laughs> the yeah, well, I've always
1: liked Oliver Platt anyway. <laughs> yeah, he was in a really bad film. Well, I say a really bad film, it was charming in its way, but it sunk without trace. He was in a film with Matthew Perry and Neve Campbell called Three to Tango years ago, which isn't what the name suggests. Um, but he's a character in that, and I, that was the first time he's ever on my radar. And then the last thing I think I saw him in, because I, I often get him confused with Pat Oswalt, although they're completely different sizes and don't look that similar... Um, yeah,
2: one deceptively tall as well.
1: He is very tall, yeah. Whereas Patton Oswalt's quite small, but I think maybe, maybe they're similar ages. I don't know. He was, um, he was the film critic in Chef that really pissed off Jon Favreau and ends up giving him a job near the end of the film.
2: <laughs>
1: Fantastic that film, I love it.
2: Yeah, so um, it's just a bit, uh, they kill everyone essentially, and then try and recruit the the mutants themselves. Um, and Zoe so Kravitz's character. Uh, Decides to join yeah then, I think I uh, saw
1: that coming I don't know what it is about the character but there, there was just something that I think there's I a think, slight Hollywood puritanical to it actually I think it might be the fact that they found her in a bit of a sleazy sort of strip club and it's like the film inherently always seems to pu- films always inherently seem to punish people for those sorts of choices maybe I'm overthinking
2: I think I th- yeah I mean I, th- I think because it was set because it was, like, Bearman had a conversation, uh, you know, when they were all, like, palling around. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, we shouldn't have to hide kind of kind of thing, you know. you know. That's very much like what Ravens are about. And she's very much on, the, on that sort of side. So you kind of sort of... It's kind of, like, insinuated like that that's where things fall with her. Um. So it, it is a bit stunning. It is a bit rushed. And there are things in this film that is, does feel a bit rushed. And that might be one of them because you know, we've only just met her anyway, so you probably get Could away be. with it. Could be. Um, but yeah, she she does insinuate that like, sort of sort of sense of like we shouldn't change, like that kind of thing. Uh, I forget exactly what it was, but yeah. Um, so she she joins um, Darren and um, is it Alex. They they hatch a plan to kind of stop him yeah uh, but it doesn't work out I don't it doesn't
1: work it's to do with like he blasting the window and then it's get out of the way and they're going to fire and mm. it's absorbed quite easily and then just pushed into Darwin and Darwin is killed that's, that's the, the basics of it anyway
2: yeah which is another character you think oh I quite like that. That that seemed like you could do something with that character. Well, I mean, but, I, d- anyway. I, I
1: don't mind the film having, like, a younger cast. I, d- I don't need to see myself represented in this, and I was a bit younger mm. when it came out anyway. But there is something about the fact that he was visibly older that I just thought gave the film a little bit of balance. But mm. I've no problem. It's one of those things, and it always helps to kill somebody off just to give the rest of its stakes. So no yeah. no big deal, honestly.
2: Um, And then... Um, and then there, so they so, so this is where they obviously everything's just like destroyed uh, and this is where they go to like Xavier's um, uh, you know Xavier's like mansion essentially uh, which it turns out to be uh, the well school, yeah because um, they're,
1: they're not safe there so they're finally yeah. seeing the school sorry I've caught up with where I was where we were talking earlier yeah Yeah. then we get some training because they're effect. it's like a Rocky film they're training for like the rematch yeah. do you know what I mean uh, no, yeah, not got, as literal
2: that. as that. You got the the balance with the you, you got the stuff with Raven because we not not mentioned like no, though there, there's romantic feelings between Beast and Raven. Um, which you know Raven seems to be like you know got the hots for you know, Charles or like feeling kind of rejected by Charles. No, I don't think that's romantic. Instantly gets crushed by gets gets crushed on the uh, Beast, and then starts it getting hit on my Fastbend. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, yeah, so yeah, a bit all over the place there, but yeah, there's the Bally leans heavily with Beast, and Beast kind of like makes the mistake of wanting to kind of like, no, we want we want to look normal, even though well, like, he's trying what, to
1: convince yeah. himself. So he's been trying. Magneto's mm. been trying to convince um, Mystique that she's beautiful in her normal form, that mutation is inherently beautiful, and that hiding. Her mutation or concentrating on hiding her mutation actually makes her weaker and he proves that with a set of weights and stuff. So she's slowly being coaxed into thinking mutation is 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 right, they shouldn't be hiding. Charles has always been about integration and fitting in. It's not necessarily even being embarrassed by your mutation. But of course, we're also at a point where this is his this is a weakness for Charles in some respects that he isn't, his mutation is not visible. So yeah. it's very difficult for him to get through to Raven because it's like, well, it's fine for you. Look at me. I'm blue. She even walks into him in a normal form without any clothing on because she's always worn clothing he, around him. And he's like, my God, you're naked. Yeah.
2: Which and is he's always, po- he's always danced around the, the question is like, w- would you find me attractive? Right. I as, as I am. And he's like, a well, well, well,
1: sister, yeah. really. And yeah. I tend, so I tend to think by um, implication the answer is no, but at the same time it's not as simple as that because, um, he he's right. He can't think of her that way. You know.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, he, he's deflecting with something that's true, but while knowing, but that's, that's not, not, that's what, she not need,
1: what, that's what she. That's what not, not what she needs to hear. But he can't honestly say to his younger sister. Yes, theoretically, I would find you sexually attractive. Mm. So you can see both sides. Absolutely. Yeah. Right, let's spin on a bit. Where do we go from there? We're, loads so of training to... sequences we don't have to say much about. There's a bit of humour in it. So you've got Havoc trying to control... Uh, the blasts down in what will become the X-Tunnel that will lead to Cerebro at some point, but it's undeveloped at this point. So lots of humour with him trying to shoot mannequins and all the rest of it. You've got Banshee trying to jump out a window and actually just landing painfully. You've got Beast learning to run. And then I think you've also got side bits where Raven and um, 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 uh, Beast are at, oh Hank, are talking you know, and having almost a romantic connection. But, of course, Hank's now at the point that he wants his mutation gone. So he's developed vaccines for both of them.
2: Yeah, um, which is kind of Hank basically unleashing his insecurities onto her.
1: Yeah, the trouble is it almost pushes her the other way. She nearly takes it. Yeah. But then, of course, you've you've got the sort of faux romantic scene with Magneto when she's in the bed and actually he says you're Mm. too young and she changes into Rebecca Remain. Um, (laughs) Hank takes it. And initially his feet go back to normal, but then they just blow absolutely o- over and the top, and he turns into Beast as we know, but even more feral looking than the Kelsey Grammer version.
2: Yeah, he, he doesn't quite look right to me. No, he doesn't. But then he, he doesn't. But, but then he is younger. I get, you know, so you, you do have that. But again. It's for special effects as well, and, um,
1: they're, and they're they're going to take off and head towards the Caribbean to Cuba, where all this is. They know this is going to happen. Yeah. Um, Hank is like told, you know, mutant and proud, and he, he has to, he's embarrassed coming in to see everybody, but he flies the craft. He's one of the team. We get um, TV broadcasts at the time, uh, the blockade of the mm-hmm. Russian fleet from President Kennedy. Yeah, Shaw is traveling with the Russian fleet. To ensure the missiles get there. And they're flying there to stop the yeah. fleet stop the fleets engaging and they're gonna engage at the point that the, the, the barrier is broken. Which it yeah. is going to be because the kill the crew have been killed and Azazel's actually doing it.
2: So yeah, so you got Michael's Ironside as the American um, as the American captain. And yeah. so they're like about to fire on on the ship. Because uh, it's about to break, and then, but then um, Charles manages to uh, tap into one one of the crew of the Russian side, so they essentially blow their own ship. Yeah, exactly. Thereby.
1: Which which does buy them time because it's totally like yeah. they now like what does that mean? Is that a rogue ship or or you know that they they've even tried to stop to stop war. I don't know yeah. what else I want to say about this whole sequence. The, the third act of the film does hold me, and, and third acts don't always. I'm I'm interested in all of this, but I don't really know how much to say about it.
2: it well, it, it, so, yeah, so like, uh, Sebastian Shaw goes, right, fine, we'll have to do it myself, kind of thing, because he's he's in a submarine. Mm-hmm. Cause they're trying to find him, so they use um banshee to, to locate him. Um, With sonar, yeah, and yeah, sonar. While while Shaw's there like like absorbing like the nuclear energy on, on his in his sub, yeah. Therefore, he's going to sort of basically sort of like detonate it himself. Yeah. Or use it. Um. So they're trying to like sort of stop Shaw's, yeah. Shores like got a helmet inside this uh, nuclear thing, which Charles can't get to. Um. Well, he can't so get like into that
1: room, and he can't get past the helmet anyway. It's a double whammy.
2: Yes. Um. So, when Magneto, when they get the submarine on, onto shore, I mean Magneto manages to get in. Like a, by this point, everyone's having a fight. Uh, Magneto um, sort of goes into the room with Shaw, and Shaw they ha- they have a, a conflict, almost like Shaw's trying to get him to join. Yeah, um, definitely. But uh, but then. Yeah, this is Magneto. where he, he
1: drags the um he drags it onto the beach, doesn't yeah.
2: he? Yeah. They they so,
1: locate it and Magneto yeah. with his powers can drag that onto the beach.
2: So. Because... Yeah, so like he can so Magneto they're like sort of destroying the casing, it's kinda of got like a don't know, it's a glass sort of. It is, it's casing. like it's
1: like a mirrored room. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And so Charles can now see into there now mm. through um through Eric. Obviously can't tap into uh, Shaw to stop him.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, so, and while and uh, Eric manages to get the helmet off by sneaking one of the the metal wires, taking taking his helmet, and then that that makes um, Charles able to sort of freeze him. Yeah, freeze him um, in place. And and th- th- I thought this is quite a really good fitting end for for Shaw because. Well, now Magneto is in control. He puts the helmet on, so he, you know, it kind of puts um, Charles and stone because like, he can't let Shaw go. Now he's got him.
1: He can't let him go, and he can't stop him either. And he's in his and head, so he will, to some degree, feel the pain.
2: Yeah, and so he can't like stop. So he can't let Shaw go, and he can't stop Eric. And yeah. Eric is just does the whole.
1: So he has to hold Shaw in place for Eric I, to do yeah.
2: that. And like so he says, I agree with everything, every word you say. However you kill my brother, so yeah. I'm going to move the coin, and basically does the same like, echoes the same, what happened at the, uh, the beginning of the film yeah, he smashed but it into like, the
1: middle of his forehead, but it was a picture now he does it to the yeah. real one
2: and it's sort of like, throwing to the coin as like, oh, I'm going to move the coin for you <laughs> and it's just like I, th- I think it's almost like poetic almost yeah. but...
1: and then we move on to the beach itself um, because Eric wants revenge Though, in fact, all the fleets then mm. aim at the mutants Um, and Eric stops all of that and turns it on them. So you've got McTaggart uh, trying to sort of get the army to call off, or the navy, and they won't. You've got, um, Charles desperate to sort of get into Lencher's head to stop it. You've got McTaggart eventually tries to shoot at Eric to stop him, and he deflects one into Charles's back, which is where the paralysis comes from. Um... How do they stop him in the end, though? I think he uh, he is distracted long enough, isn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah. They blow they, up yeah, in they, the air.
2: Essentially, when it comes down to it, yeah, the, yeah. They, they they manage to sort of, yeah, um, and then sort of sends to charge and they. I think it's the, b- the bullet. I
1: think it's the bullet yeah. actually does that. Yeah. you know, he, he's already being distracted by McTaggart, but there's still a few, and then he accidentally mm-hmm. catches. Yeah. Um, and then he starts to ch- choke Moira for it, and Xavier um, says, "You know, it's not, it's not her fault." And he releases, and then he takes off with his new, the, his new first class, if you like. Which is mm. uh, Mystique goes with him, um, as does Angel, uh, as Aziel, and the other guy we've not mentioned. He's known as Riptide, but it, it's kind of a little bit like Storm, but he, he, he can do sort of um, typhoons yeah. with his hands, more or less.
2: But he doesn't have a line of dialogue though, so doesn't have a line of dialogue.
1: He just stands there, you know.
2: He's just like a heavy. But anyway, right. uh, yeah. So they, they they go off. Uh, Charles can't feel his legs, and yeah. then that scene you have. Um, pretty, he's pretty, he's pretty much in the uh, you know. Basically, from say, the neck uh, down,
1: he's cosplaying as yeah. Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Um, and, and this is
2: and this is one. This is one of the, like, probably my main one of my main gripes. How I feel like it, the film's got rushed a bit. It felt like you, you set up. Uh, like a potential pre- a prequel story like years years is way and and we're ending pretty much where everyone's in their place you can literally yeah. start the next but episode but the other thing know.
1: is when we get to X-Men for uh, Days of Future Past he's in a different place it's like you got him to be Patrick Stewart but younger and with mm. hair and by the next film he's moved a million miles away from it so it's it's a little bit but again, it's different creative teams because well, it's going to be Brian Singer I, next yeah, time again.
2: I I I have issues with the uh, with the creative decision in terms of like his his disability, should we say?
1: Well, so do I because it undermines <laughs> even X three. It undermines all of it. In fact, this film does as well. And I haven't mentioned it. I mean, the whole vaccine stroke cure. All right, it didn't work properly. So maybe you can say it took decades to to perfect afterwards, but. It's a bit regressive to have any version of a vaccine at this stage when it's forty years before there's going to be one out there. Um, but it's it's but, not. But
2: maybe maybe that was um, a Bourne's way of like of tagging in like well that was my idea and yeah, it's been free.
1: Okay, possibly. Maybe. But the point is, um, the second film doesn't follow on of a piece from this. The the constant yeah. jumps in time we get after this are terrible idea. I do quite like Days of Future Past, by the way. But all the things with the original crew being back make no sense and are not explained to us. That We've always had that it's the near future. We're given a year the next time, and that makes no sense, because it's about ten years ahead of when the film was made. And then we go back into the past to find a Charles that bears no relation to this Charles. Um, and... Just Beast with him And and there's things I like about it And there's things I like about the portrayal and style But at this point I just wish there'd been a, a, a I was disappointed when Well I wasn't disappointed at the time because I'm a Superman fan But in hindsight I'm disappointed Singer left when he did And didn't get to at least finish the third one But by the time I walked out of Days of Future Past I was thinking a similar idea but Matthew Vaughan And I oh. think that might have been a little bit better but there you go. That's that's the end of the film, really. Um except that Magneto breaks out Emma Frost and says, Call me, Magneto. Um Yeah. In form
2: of Magneto retire as well.
1: In in full Magneto um, retire. He's he's even had a respray on the helmet.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh the one on his head. Um Yeah. So that's all I want to say. This is my favourite X Men film, and I think I don't have a lot more to add than that I I think it's my favourite X-Men film to date I will give Logan Days of Future Past of the ones that are left certainly a fair chance to prove that wrong I'd be surprised if Days of Future Past did, but there are people with opinions I respect who put it absolutely top tier and I think it's only a few little gripes and complaints that I don't Um, I mean if I've got a top three in they're the elite, like Days of Future Past is like fourth, you know, it's really close to that top tier for me. So let's see on a review. Logan is top tier, but I remember not liking the third act. I don't. I basically don't like anything after he leaves Dr. Benton and family. Um, I, I, so we'll see on that. But as we stand, this is the most internally coherent uh, film. It balances the tone better than any of the other films. It's got some colour in it without being cartoonish whereas the first ones now have dated because they're so grey. Um, the cast have not fallen into doing impressions. They've just committed to doing this film. It's very well cast, very well directed. The third act has very, very good action given you know it's not really my thing and not my favourite part of the film by any means. Uh, it's got that lovely 60s aesthetic that tends to work when you modernise it a little bit um is it the greatest superhero film of all time no I think there's there's a good few that are better but it's really really solid and it it probably reflects ironically with no Hugh Jackman who's probably the best thing in the whole series but with no Hugh Jackman they've produced probably the best X-Men film that's all I want to say
0: yeah I really enjoyed this film um I went into it um to be honest after the last previous X-Men movies um uh, my expectations were low but upon release I went to see this film mainly because of the cast I was blown away. Uh, Matthew Vaughan does an excellent job, all the cast are on top form Um, there are some iffy moments especially watching this now, 10 years on um, some of the effects don't hold up but largely as I said it does really well as David as you said it balances tone and it does play a bit wibbly wobbly timey wimey with it to quote from another series um, with, with the timeline um, but the, you know this story is all over the place anyway to be honest um, but I really enjoyed it and, and for me I think along with the original trilogy um, and Logan and possibly the next film that we've got coming up um, this is probably one of the top films of, of, you know, of the series um, and hopefully you know after the last film in the series which is a real clunker for me um, it can go
2: anywhere but up. Yeah, I I I, I agree. This is probably my favourite X Men movie. Um, I, I I think it's really well cast. As I said before the only many main issues is largely down to uh, just how by the time we get to the end, it, everything just feels like we could just you know launch into like the 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 regular X Men films where you could just literally got,
1: say 30 years later you, and just carry
2: on. Yeah, it's you know we're thinking like you know you've got you know 30 40 years before all that ha- all that stuff happens and you've and left very
1: little room for development you, except for
2: subsequent films wreck on it, it a bit. i mean yeah it's, yeah i mean like look you can kind of say okay you know there may, may or may not be a sequel at uh, this point but you kind of have not left any room to breathe in you and i found it but unnecessary particularly as like xavier's Chair is literally just rolled off the one that he has it had in the in the it modern one. It is the same ones, one, though. In the
1: next film, you'll we'll have a really like modern one, but yeah,
2: yeah. But I, I just, it, it's like, but it's the sixties. You wouldn't have that. <laughs> that always bothered me at the time. I thought, come off it. But you know, it's it's kind of it, it's it flows really well. It's it's uh, it's really it's really well handled. It's it's funny, but um but also knows when it, when the pack a punch as well. So yeah, I. I I, I I think it's my fa- it's probably my favourite one. I, I enjoy I enjoy uh, m- most of the performances, so yeah.
1: Okay, cool. We're gonna uh, sign off fairly quickly tonight because we'll be we'll be honest, listeners. We're we're recording this in the middle of a heatwave, sat next to computers, all three of us that are kicking off insane heat, and we're all struggling. So we've got that out as best we can. I, as for the social media, yes,
2: we can, we, <laughs> we can barely remember the. Heat.
1: We can barely remember names, and frankly, uh, you know, we, we, we're going off on tangents and stuff, which never happens. So, um, as for social media, you can find me at the Kid 1976 on Twitter.
2: You can find me at Symmetronics, you can find me all at the, all the old podcasts at SuperCorp UK. And
0: you can find us on Twitter at Expect Us to Talk, talk on Facebook.com, also YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Podbean and Podbe.
1: Great, so I think it's time we went to Japan, which means Becca.
0: Do expect to talk on a return with the Wolverine?